0: Hi, this is Erica, host of Paper Huch Street Team, and this is Our Future's Missing Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for 31-year-old Amber Schwartz Garcia. She went missing from Pinole, California, while
1: playing in her backyard on June 3, 1998. She's Caucasian, and at the time of her disappearance, she was four foot tall, 62 pounds. She has blue eyes and blonde hair. She has very poor hearing if she does not wear a hearing aid. When she was last seen, she was missing her front tooth. If you know of Amber's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at one 800 the Lost. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Amber, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfuturesmissing.com. You will also see a picture of Amber progressed by 25 years. Thank
2: you. This is voiceamericakids.com. It's time for Speaking of Sports, your weekly look inside at the stats, scores, opinions, and facts from a kid's point of view. You can't miss one moment of the action going on in the next hour. Now, here is your host.
1: A reminder, we are live at the Microsoft Store in Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall. A very special kid Star broadcast here at the Microsoft Store, and we currently are talking about the Madden 13 cover athlete, and we will be talking about many more NFL things and many more MLB things to do. So, Fabi,
3: um, one thing we definitely we were just talking about the Madden cover. I think definitely Matt Calvin Johnson's the cover, but always I would not sure if I would really want to be on the cover because the Madden curse. The only person that really hasn't. Well, last year, Peyton Hillis got injured early on. He had all his struggles last year. But the year before, when it was Paul Amalu, and also it was Fitzgerald on the cover. Paul Amalu did suffer an injury late in the season, but Fitzgerald did have a good year. Despite the fact that the Cardinals, that year, they went 11, they improved by one game, but they would lose to the eventual Championship Saints that year. But Fitzgerald put together a good year. But other years, we've seen plenty of Madden cover athletes getting injured.
4: Oh, yeah, the Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, he's a great player. And what I like about him, he's got heart. And he just doesn't want to go to other teams so he can get paid more. He, like, likes Arizona. So he thinks that's, like, his hometown. And Arizona, they were on the cover along with uh, one of the Pittsburgh Steelers players in Madden NFL 10. But um, Larry Fitzgerald, he had a great year. I mean, the Cardinals, they did play horrible, but then they made a remarkable comeback near the end of the year, and going up against that upsetting loss about two years ago against New Orleans and how Kurt Warner left, it was a pretty tough year for Larry and the Cardinals. But I think this year they can actually improve and maybe at least get a playoff spot.
1: Yeah, for those of you who don't know really the Madden curse, there seems to be a so-called, quote, curse with the Madden cover athletes. For example, Michael Vick, he was on the cover one year, and he ended up, going to jail, and it's just many players that have been on the cover have either suffered injuries, have had bad pl- publicity, many th- different things known as the Madden Curse.
4: Oh, yeah, and Madden NFL 09, Brett Favre as a Packer. I mean, that, yeah, that was probably not the best way you want to describe it, but, yeah, I mean, getting the Madden Curse probably doesn't mean you get all this fame, but it just shows that you're pretty much a leader in like football and players use that as like an advantage to say oh I have fame and I can do whatever I want.
1: Well yeah and it's definitely it's definitely an honor to be on the Madden cover even if you were suggesting that there would be a Madden curse I'd love it I think it'd be an awesome experience and speaking of Brett Favre I was uh the Madden Put Madden and GameStop put on an event called the Madden Pigskin Program, and that's when they have a bunch of celebrities and players come out for a flag football game and they air that on TV and it's really fun to watch and Brett Favre, he was one of the quarterbacks and he was looking sharp out there maybe he'll uh, decide to make a comeback in the NFL.
3: Well, Brett Favre currently does have a new job in football and no, he's not with the NFL, not in college but he's a high school offensive coordinator and in his first game for his high school His team put up 60 points plus in that game, winning easily. So he clearly has found another place. I probably would rule out another another comeback, but he definitely is one of the football's greats, and he'll be a Hall of Famer.
4: Well, you know, Brett Favre, I mean, he he had some tough years. I mean, one thing he always had to avoid when he was playing for Minnesota was going to Green Bay and – They had to hire a lot of security for Brett Favre because they kept on throwing stuff at him. And they pretty much just hated him for leaving Green Bay. And, you know, even though it's never going to stop, all Matt, Brett Favre can do is pretty much ignore it and just forget it never happened. But it, it, it is sad, but, you know, it is the way it is.
1: We are live at the Microsoft Store in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Scottsdale Mall. We'll be here once a month, mostly on Saturdays. We also can be heard on voiceamericakids.com. I'm Sam. Joining me today, we have Caleb, Mackenzie, and Fabi. Our special guest is going to be former Cleveland Brown, Ray Ellis. So you'll want to stick around for that. We're currently talking about Madden, uh, Madden curses, Madden... NFL covers and what an honor it'd be to be on the NFL Madden cover. And we will, me, Fabi, and Caleb, we will be playing that Madden 13 game, which was just released today, later on, and we'll share with you our experience with the new Madden system. One of the new Madden, uh, one of the new Madden features I've heard is the the random play generator. Do you know about that, Fabi?
3: Well the Madden well Madden's true like there's always been in Madden where it's Madden's choice for a play and it gives you about three plays in the play option. Last year they had the gameplay feature which you could choose which would play along with how the game was flowing on and it would tell you the best play that you recommend. You could always back out and choose that play, but now the random play generator allows you to Getting to the flow of the game and not letting players just pass on every down or run it on every down, and allowing them to feel how it is to run an offense like an NFL team does.
4: Well, I, I think one of the random play features they had was in Madden NFL ten called game flow. And like you know how you go after every play, you choose a play and you just press this button game flow on A and it picks a play for you. It's like it's like a virtual computer coach. And it makes a smart play because it knows how this team is, how good the team is, how bad the team is. And that's, that's one thing that's very smart that EA Sports does.
1: Yeah, and one of the newer features actually, the Madden creators said that you will never see the same animation twice. They have created this new system and they cannot even predict, the creators of the game cannot predict when or what the next play will look like.
3: Yes, and also, going into what you're saying, no play will be the same. It's also part of their Infinity Engine, which they have this year, which is their new physics model. It's definitely more game-like, and you never see a player get hit the same way, or twice ways. And you don't see players, you get hit, and they randomly flop to one side. You see actual contact. And you see players react to contact, which allows for more realistic game experience.
4: Oh, yeah, I mean... Uh- when you play the game, it, it even looks, it even feels like a real football game. I mean, you can even have any team, like, say, like the Cardinals, like, they win the Super Bowl. It feels, like, so real. And, you know, the animations, they've improved since 2010. They've done a great job with all the graphics and how they did it, and especially the voice recognition, how you can do that and, like, change the plays up by player by player. And it's a very exciting game for Madden.
3: Another thing that's coming back this year, Madden, which has been very popular the last couple of years, what, what, a lot of what people are saying Madden has been getting right and that was, has been right with, from the start was Ultimate Team, which allows you a chance. You start with a franchise, say the Buffalo Bills, and it's sort of a fantasy draft. You draft players in the league, and you actually get to play as them. Like One of the examples I saw was a t- team person picked the Bills. They had Cam Newton as their quarterback, and they had Larry Fitzgerald as wide receiver. Definitely had a passing offense. And it's interesting to see how you, what it's like to be a general manager and pretty much starting from scratch with your current crop of NFL players.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's actually kind of the same example of what they did in NCAA football 13. is like I could put any football legend on any team you want. But then again, you they probably didn't put a lot of players on that game. That's why in the NFL, I mean, you actually get to have that experience of how a general manager is. And they did have one other game called NFL Head Coach and how you run the team, how you run the films, you create the play. And, you know, very exciting feature for that that game this year in NFL 13. We're
1: going to take a break. We are the Kid Star Junior Broadcasters. We're here live at the Microsoft Store in Scottsdale, Arizona, Scottsdale Mall. We will be right back with more Kid Star
0: Radio.
2: You're tuned in to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now back into the action.
1: Welcome back to the KidStar Radio Network. We are live here for a special edition of this KidStar broadcast at the Microsoft Store in Scottsdale, Arizona. We will be here once a month on Saturdays. We also can be heard on voiceamericakids.com. Joining me today, I'm Sam, along with Caleb, Mackenzie, and Fabi. Our special guest is going to be former Cleveland Brown Ray Ellis, so you will not want to miss that later on. We've been talking about Madden so far, and right now we're going to talk about the main thing that Madden's all about, and that is NFL football. So the first subject that I thought we should talk about, everyone who pays attention to football is talking about this guy. His name is Tim Tebow. I'm not sure if you've heard of him or not, but he is a quarterback for the New York Jets so the first topic I want to talk about is why did Tim Tebow choose the Jets he had the Jaguars as another option but I don't see why he picked the Jets when he could have had a starting spot pretty much automatically on the Jacksonville Jaguars
3: well I think Jacksonville definitely would have been a smart choice for him as well because that's his hometown team that's a team that- doesn't have a lot of pressure coming in there isn't really a lot of fan draw to start with despite the fact that they have Maurice Jones Drew so it's just an opportunity to pretty much feel like at home which I guess was the reason maybe a challenge in New York New York is tough New York's media and he's definitely got a big brand and also I think they did it because Rex Ryan I think more than Jaguars it gave him an opportunity to compete for the starting job he said from the starting training camp it'll be you versus Mark Sanchez Mark Sanchez does not own the job by any means, despite the fact that they had already signed into extension. And I think that when in talking to the Jaguars' ownership, they felt that they, despite the fact that they weren't fully convinced on Blaine Gabbert yet, they're still going to commit to him as a starter this year. And uh, Tim Tebow will get more of a job as a backup, which is part of the reason why I think he chose the Jets, because he wants to start. He is a competitor, which is one of his best, best features.
4: Well, yeah, I mean... He wants. He want. I think it was a good decision for him to go with the Jets. I would have preferred Jacksonville, but because many people have been requesting him to go to Jacksonville when he played for Denver. But you know, going into the Jets, I mean, they they kind of feel like an underdog team because they they with the Giants they play in the same stadium, and it kind of feels weird going up against the Super Bowl champion, and you kind of feel like you know you're like one of the minor league teams, you know and like going into that season it's going to be like they're going to be an underdog team against the giants
1: well yeah and tim tebow maybe one of the reasons he chose the jets is because he wanted to be on a winning team he might have seen the jets as a more popular more winning team compared to the jaguars if i were him i honestly would have chosen the jaguars because if you chose the jaguars you could have had more playing time but he must not have really cared about that. Maybe he really wanted a competition. Maybe he wanted to say that he really did win that starting spot against Mark Sanchez, but it's all, it's all in the past now. He chose the Jets, and he is, looking at the preseason, doing quite well against Mark Sanchez in getting the starting job.
3: I still think Mark Sanchez will be the starter this year, at least beginning of the year, despite Skip Bayless, if you've seen any of ESPN first take. Skip Bayless, and love with Tim Tebow, but just like Stephen A would say, he can't throw. There's so much he can do for his team that you saw last year in t- in Denver. But f- through the first three quarters, most of the time, he wasn't very good. His quarterback he wasn't very productive. They did have the number one rushing attack as soon as he became that running team. But if the Jets are going to have Tim Tebow as their quarterback, they're going to have to do the same thing Denver did last year, adapt to Tim Tebow. Run that offense. The Jets do have the pieces if they want Tim Tebow out quarterback to run that spread option. They have Sean Green, who's very versatile, back very quick and elusive, and they also have don't have that bit greatest receiving core. They have Santonio Holmes, who as their number one receiver, although he isn't really a number one receiver, I think he should be more of a number two on most teams. And they have uh, Jeremy Curley, who was great from his slot last year, but probably won't get much pl- get won't get many looks. Playing outside of the slot at number two. Dustin Keller, a very good, solid tight end, but still, that team is built to run and pound the football, which is one of the reasons why I think they brought in Tim Tebow. And if Mark Sanchez can't be productive as quarterback and trying to run the pound the ball with a conventional offense, I think it could be smart for the Jets to turn into that spread option and try to see if Tebow can get something going.
4: Well, yeah, and you look at the preseason, how Tebow did with the Jets. And when he went up against the Giants in the Met Life Bowl, they called it in New York. I mean, he really struggled with those interceptions against the Giants. I mean, the first half was kind of really hard for both teams because it was like 3-0, like low scoring, very low scoring in the first half. But then the Giants found a way to score because of Tebow's interceptions. And even though it is the preseason, you always the coach always has to look and see how you're going to do in the regular season, it looks like Tebow, I don't, he, I don't know if he will start, but he just needs to work on what he's actually doing.
1: Yeah, he definitely does need to work on it. And if Mark Sanchez does get the job, how much playing time will Tim Tebow get? I honestly think that if Mark Sanchez gets a job, the only playing time Tim Tebow will really get will be late in the fourth quarter if, it's, if they're either winning by a bunch or losing by a bunch. So Tim Tebow, I mean, Rex Ryan will use him, and they will utilize him, and they will make him available, and he, they will be able to put him in, and they, he will be a very close second option for Mark Sanchez.
3: Also, Tim Tebow will be a special punt protector. He'll get some playing time on special teams. But also t- Rex Ryan has been very adamant about the fact that he wants to use Tim Tebow in the red zone. That power run game, that p- spread option is very tough in red zone situations, especially not knowing which way Tim Tebow is going to go. He's not the fastest guy, but he is bulky, 250 pounds at a quarterback position. Definitely not a guy you want to have running straight at you. He'll be a guy who would be good in goal line situations. And every once in a while, if they decide to throw the wildcat, you know technically it's spread option, but Try to throw in a little spread option, trick play every once in a while. Because Tim Tebow is a guy who can run. He can throw the ball for distance. I'm not sure about accuracy yet. but Also, he's showing he can be a receiver. He can play any position you need to be. He's a football player. I'm not sure if he's a great quarterback, but he's a football player. He's showing he can ball.
1: Yeah, and the New York media has actually been teasing with the idea that Tim Tebow could get some plays in at running back. That'd be actually pretty exciting to see, I think.
4: And you know, with the Jets, I mean, they they are a good team. But if he went with Jacksonville, it would have been a huge change for Jacksonville. I mean, I'd say if he went to Jacksonville, you'd probably at least get up to the conference championship with Jacksonville because, you know, he, he's not the the complete quarterback. I'd say he is like the best quarterback. But he he knows how to throw the ball, and when it comes to playoffs, he will really bring it.
1: Yeah, and if he went to Jacksonville, he would there would have been they would have had a very big and strong run game with Maurice Jones-Drew and Tim Tebow being more of a rushing quarterback. And I, I mean, if you, either way, he's probably going to get to play. But going to New York, he's not going to get as much playing time as he would have in Jacksonville. So you think maybe. Why, why did Tim Tebow pick the Jets? Maybe did he do it because of publicity? Or did he do it because he really wants to be a part of that team? It, does he see the Jets as a winning franchise?
3: I think if you look at the end of last year and how that last season unfolded with that locker, I think I'd have to say, no, they're not a winning franchise. But they still have that tough defense. Even though it showed some weakness last year, I think Rex Ryan's going to get it put back together. I think Tim Tebow... New York is a media market, uh, probably the base one, one of the best sports media markets in the world. But it's also one of the most unforgiving. And I'm not sure if it's a publicity stunt, because if it was, they would have torn him up by now. People still think it's a publicity stunt, but Tim Tebow is here to play. And he's there for the challenge. He's definitely a guy who's been able to respond to challenges back in Florida, back in high school, winning two high, um, one Heisman, two national championships, and he's been able to show it in the college level. He's starting to be able to show it. In the pro level, especially with that big playoff win against the Steelers last year.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, that that big playoff year last year with the Broncos against Pittsburgh, I really thought that he could at least be the Patriots. Now, you go in to him taking on the Patriots in the regular season, and they were really trailing them until they at least fell apart in the fourth quarter. And, you know, they, they did struggle. but And then the playoffs, it was kind of a blowout. Because New England looked like they, they were really wanting to play for real this time. And they didn't want to even come close to a close score against Denver. But, you know, going if he went to Jacksonville, he would probably be the leader of that squad. I mean, it would be a big challenge for him. But, you know, everybody's going to look influence on him, like how he plays. And, like, on the Jets, he's not going to probably be the leader. But... Yeah, I think going on to the Jets will be a very big challenge for Tim Tebow. And maybe this year he might struggle, but next year he could improve a lot.
1: Okay, before we move on to our next topic, are there any last thoughts about Mr. Timmy Tebow?
3: I think look out for him this year. If he, if Mark Sanchez is not able to get things done, I think in the first six to eight weeks of the season, I think Rex Ryan, he's the type of coach that would be willing to give Tim Tebow a shot. And I think if I were Rex Ryan, I would, I would definitely want to see how that experiment, experiment would work out if it season's not going their way. Might as well take a look. Who knows?
4: Well, you know Tim Tebow, you know he he will struggle. He's gonna there's gonna be a point where he's gonna struggle and have his like bad luck game this year. I know that's gonna happen. But yeah, in the playoffs, it's like a totally different heart that he has. He'll really bring it in the playoffs. Now I guarantee, like he'll probably at least gets the conference championship game with the Jets if he gets that playing time. And, you know, Tim Tebow, man, he he does struggle, but I would say he, he is a good enough quarterback to at least get the Jets into the playoffs and perhaps even become the underdog team against the Giants. The
1: media will definitely have their eye on Mr. Tim Tebow throughout this season. We are live here at the Microsoft Store in Scottsdale, Arizona, at Scottsdale Fashion Square. We are talking about the NFL. We're going to p- be playing the newly released Madden 13 in a little bit. Right now, we are going to talk about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is one of the other quarterbacks that, we have, that the media has been paying attention to, especially since his move to Denver.
4: Well, you know, Peyton Manning and, you know, getting that injury about two years ago at Indianapolis, he he was a, a star, and, you know, he had a lot of choices to go to when he got released with Indianapolis. He could have gone to Denver, could have gone to Arizona. Even Tennessee wanted him because he played for Tennessee in college, and, you know, he, he was a big player. But the Broncos, they're obviously taking a big risk, and Arizona didn't want that risk. The Broncos, if he gets injured, it could be a huge cost for the Broncos. And their backup quarterback is going to be Brock Islewiler. And it's going to be a huge risk for the Broncos. But as long as he doesn't get
1: injured, I think this Peyton Manning could really bring him a Super Bowl. We are going to take a break. We are the Kidstar Junior Broadcasters here at the Microsoft Store in Scottsdale, Arizona. We have a special broadcast for you today. We will get back on Peyton Manning later after our break. We will have former Brown and Eagle, Ray Ellis. Stick around for that.
2: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't
0: You're tuned
2: into Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now back into the action.
3: We are live here at Scottsdale Fashion Mall in Scottsdale, Arizona. You're listening to the Kidstar Radio Network. We have a very special broadcast here from the Microsoft Store at Scottsdale Mall in Scottsdale, Arizona. We'll be here once a month, mostly on Saturdays, and we can also be heard on VoiceAmericaKids.com. I'm Fabian. And joining me today are Caleb McKenzie and Sam. And joining us right now is our special guest for tonight, Ray Ellis, who is a member of the 1986 Dog Pound for the Cleveland Browns and also played for the Eagles in the early 80s. I'm
5: uh, glad to be here, guys. I understand you guys are having your first show, and, and I'm excited to be a part
3: of it. All right. Let's just get started. All right. So the probably the most infamous or famous part of your career was probably when your Browns teams were so, twice, just one quarter away from being in the Super Bowl. On two consecutive years, the fumble and the drive, which one do you think sticks out most to you?
5: Well, you know, it's interesting. I would have to say at this point in my life that that fumble probably sticks out the most because this is the 25th anniversary of of the fumble, and and last year was the 25th anniversary uh, of the drive, so I'm reminded of it. But uh, I really hate that name, the fumble, although that's what most people remember it as, as the fumble, because uh, the individual of which is kind of connected to that fumble, Ernest Biner. We would have never been there if it wasn't for Ernest Byner.
3: Well, going back to the drive also, do, John Elway definitely was one of the moments that made his career. And also def- one of the things that made it so great was because it was a great against that great dog pound defense. What do you think was the best element of that defense that made it so special?
5: Well, I, I think in, in football, one thing that's important to have is, is team chemistry. And I think there was a tremendous amount of chemistry amongst those guys. They embraced me. That was my first year in Cleveland uh, after having, uh, you know, several very good years I felt in, in Philadelphia with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, however, you know, sometimes things just don't work out and, and players have to part ways with the teams. And, and that's what I had to do. But, but for me, it was a homecoming when I got a chance to go back and, and play for the Cleveland Browns. I'm born and raised in Canton, Ohio and got a chance to get back there. In the previous year, they had made the playoffs, I think, at about 8-8. and And uh, I got a chance to come in, and I became the starting strong safety. So uh, just imagine that a young kid from Canton, Ohio, getting a chance 10 years after high school graduation uh, to be back uh, an hour down the road from his hometown, and to have guys embrace you and make you feel like you're a part of that special dog pound. And, and that's the way they treated me. So I think it's very important for any team to be successful, uh, to have a sense of team chemistry. And, and I think that's what made us a very special team.
3: Yeah, and going back to your change from Philadelphia to Cleveland, you've been play, You've played in probably two of the toughest sports cities. You have to throw in L.A., Boston, New York, but two of the toughest sports cities to play in, especially with Cleveland's history in sports. How do you adjust to playing, especially with a guy like Tim Tebow now going to the Jets?
5: Well, you know, that's one thing about Tim that's going to, uh, you know, be a challenge is that, you know, he's had success uh, in Denver. You know, he, he won a playoff game. He beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and nobody thought he was going to be able to do that. Uh, but what's about to happen to Tim now is it, it, it the temperature of the heat of the pressure that he feels is about to go up like 500 uh, percent. No longer is he going to be able to. Uh, have the success that he's had in the past because of what he's done off the football field because New York is a sports town and it's about what have you done lately and particularly what have you done on the football field and it's been a struggle for them in preseason right now.
1: Yeah one thing I want to ask you about let's go back before the NFL career when did you start playing football? Wow
5: you're going to take me back a long ways but (laughs) I'm able to do that because it's one of those things that I really feel like Something like sports is a part of your DNA. It's something that's that's in your body. Uh, you feel it when you play the game. You know, you feel like you have a special kind of passion for it. And and I just remember being a kid and playing the game and really enjoying it and and being really competitive. You know, I, I didn't want to didn't want to lose. And, and it's really interesting. Uh, here we are with a, with a show that's that's online where people can hear it all over the globe. And uh, there's a friend of mine out there, and I hope he's listening back in Ohio, because when I was a kid, I actually made a tackle on a a young man that was a couple years, well, let's say, I was probably in grade school, and he was, you know, in middle school, perhaps maybe um, a little older than that, and I made a tackle on him. So uh, he was uh, much older and much bigger, and I was able to tackle him, and it made me think that, wow, maybe, maybe I could play this game of football, because I wasn't afraid of the guys that were bigger, stronger faster and older than me so uh at a very young age I realized hey I, I like this game
4: and you know sadly when the NFL and college football you didn't win any championships oh but,
5: did you say that he did but
4: you know like what what was your like favorite game like your what like what was your favorite win that like was most memorable
5: well you know it's interesting I didn't win any let's say um league championships, but division championships I did. As a matter of fact, um, at The Ohio State University, I am a Buckeye. Uh, We did go 11-0, and we won a couple Big Ten championships. Uh, At the professional level with the Cleveland Browns, we did win the Central Division uh, title, uh, and you do get recognized for that. But you're right, I did not win a Super Bowl, and I lost the Rose Bowl to USC 17-16, so I didn't win a national championship. But just the experience of playing in those games, you know, I remember when it was uh, time for me to to hang up the cliques, if you will. Uh, It was quite difficult because the last game I played in was the fumble. But one of my friends uh, was able to help me through that. And he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, You know, I don't think you realize, you know, how special that was, what you did. You know, very few people ever get a chance to do that. You know, everybody, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people aspire to do that. And their dreams get cut short, you know, you know, so soon in life. He said, you know, the next best thing to play in the game and winning is playing the game and losing because some people never get to play the game. So I, I just enjoy the fact that I got a chance to play the game.
4: Ah, well, that's exciting. Well, out of, like, playing for Philadelphia and Cleveland, which team do you think you had a better experience with?
5: Well, again, we – Herman Edwards, who was one of my teammates when I played for the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, has a great saying, you know, you know, that's why you play the game. You know, and he also says you play the game to win. And uh, although you can imagine what it was like for me to call my mother uh, the day that I I found out that I made the team, that I was going to be a pro football player, that probably was the most exciting time of my life in terms of my athletic career. Uh, But I will say the joy of winning games, there's nothing better. And so I would have to say I love the Philadelphia Eagles. They gave me a chance. Uh, But the Browns, we had more success. And so I really enjoyed that success uh, playing with the Cleveland Browns. Uh,
3: How often do you keep in touch with your teammates from the Browns, from the Eagles, from the Ohio State?
5: Well, uh, quite regularly now. You know, it's interesting. You know, I'm the Sports Channel Director of Voice America Sports, and appreciate the relationship with Voice America Kids and Kid Star. Uh, and, and because of that, I have an opportunity to uh, work with players who, like myself, have an interest in, in broadcasting. And a lot of the guys have shows on the network. And so there's constant communication because either their host on, on one of the shows, uh, they would host their own show, or uh, they would have guests that would come on and and so therefore we get a chance to intermingle and have conversation. And then every year we've had a chance to broadcast from the Super Bowl the last few years, and that's really been an exciting time because uh, that's an experience that a lot of players, I think it takes you time to be away from the game, to really appreciate the game. Uh, when you're playing the game, I think sometimes your ego gets in the way and it prevents you from going to the greatest sporting event in the world, and that is the Super Bowl. But once you're a retired player, Uh, You see the value of that and you see how special that is and you like to partake in that and be a part of the the, the enhanced experience uh, that you can provide to uh, to the fans that are there because they don't always get a chance to meet the players that are uh, participating in the game. But, uh, you know, people go to the Super Bowl, even though their team isn't playing in the game. Uh, they go to the Super Bowl. So all kinds of fans from all sort, our teams come to the Super Bowl, and, and when they see former players and they get a chance to, to mingle and network with uh, former players, they enjoy it, and, and so you get a chance to enjoy that experience as well.
3: Who of your former players that you've been able to meet and keep relationships with do you think is one of your most notable and most memorable?
5: Wow, they're all they're all great guys. I mean, they're all. But in terms of you know some of their achievements in the game of football, uh, you know, I can pick up the phone and call Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie, of course, was a, a teammate of mine with the Cleveland Browns. He's the general manager now for and a very successful general manager uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, his uh, running back coach is a guy who's one of my. I look at him, one of my best friends. I could pick up the phone and call uh, Wilbur Montgomery, one of the greatest running backs. Uh, ever in the history of national football league uh, i could pick up the phone and, and call him and and there, there are several other people that herman edwards who i I haven't called and talked to herman in a, in a long time but every time i see him on tv i feel like you know we're connected you know so that connection that bond even though you don't see the guys you don't talk to them on a on a regular basis perhaps be your teammates because you move to a different city that special connection you have with those guys it never goes away as a matter of fact on my way here in my car i was on the phone talking to uh, one of our starting cornerbacks when i played for the philadelphia eagles a guy by the name of elbert files i was on the phone having a conversation with him on my way here if
1: you could match up against any nfl player whether it be way back in the past or one of today's current players which wide receiver would you really want to guard and say that you could actually stick and tackle and which player? Which wide receiver would you take on?
5: Wow, uh, wide receivers. Uh, there, there is no doubt in my mind that you know some of the greatest athletes on the football field are, are, are wide receivers. And you know when I when I played the game, some of the greatest. Uh, quarterbacks that ever play the game were throwing the ball to those wide receivers. You know, I mean, quarterbacks like Dan Marino, Dan Fowles, uh, Joe Montana, um, that, you know, just some of the greatest quarterbacks that ever play the game. And and when you think about wide receivers, of course, Jerry Rice played when I played. Jerry was a young ball player uh, when I played the game. So you, you always want to give credit where credit's due. And his accomplishments and his resume speaks for itself. So. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, Jerry Rice was the challenge, and, and, and we met that challenge when we played them. We played the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they they beat us, but he didn't have one of his best games when he played us, although later in my career when uh, they played us, Jerry had a very good, very good game, but there, there are just so many great wide receivers. I like the wide receivers in the game today as well. There's I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, you look uh, uh, on on the front of the ga- on the front of the uh, the game today, and of course, we're we're recognizing one of the great wide receivers, uh, you know, probably that'll go down in history. But uh, wow, there is so many great wide receivers. But I'm just gonna listen. If we're gonna name one, I'm gonna name Jerry Rice. I got to do that.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really true and very challenging, and it's nice to see that players would love a challenge like that, whether they be the best defensive player in the league or just uh, nobody that it's good to see that NFL players and former players really love the challenge.
5: Yeah, and that's what you want to do. You want to play against the best. It's interesting you said that because as I was on my way here in the car, I was talking to uh, my friend Albert Fowles and uh, he just started coaching and he's going to be coaching a secondary and uh, at a small university, but he's going to play against his son. And his secondary is going to have to try to stop his son, who is a wide receiver. So those kind of challenges, I, I never got a chance to, to do anything like that. To, to obviously not play against my son, but against my brother. I can only imagine what it's like for Eli and Peyton mm-hmm. to play against each other. Or when, the, or when the barber guys, you know, were up against each other, you know, Tiki and, and Rondo, for them to play against each other. You know, wow, that, that had to be something that was, an, that was a different kind of feeling than you would ever, I would ever experience in, in my lifetime.
3: Football is definitely a game of inches, especially as a cornerback. Like you saw in Super Bowl 43, San Antonio Holmes making that catch, barely keeping his feet in balance to beat the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. How exactly does it impact you, especially as a corner?
5: Well, first of all, that's a Buckeye, so I'm glad that the Buckeye <laughs> got a chance to make such a a great and memorable catch. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a challenge. I know I, I'm seeing a Cardinals helmet here in front of me. Uh, it, it is a, a challenge. Uh, For a corner to have to play against, you know, a guy who has, you know, such great abilities, speed, quickness, great hands, athleticism, you know, all those uh, attributes that to make a a great wide receiver. And and remember, defensive back, the majority of of the time that you're on the football field, you're running backwards. (laughs) And so, yeah, that just tells you the talent and the gift uh, and the skill set of the defensive backs. Uh, but that's the kind of challenge you want. You know, you hope that you make that play. There's some things that you can use in your favor. You use all the football field and use the out of bounds when it comes to your advantage. And, you know, in that particular game of which I was down there at that Super Bowl, you know, that was one of those where they had to go under the helmet to find out if indeed it, it was a catch, you know. And it's it'll be debated forever, just like, you know, uh, in the drive at the end of the game, it was a field goal that was kicked and that was... You know, called good. It'll be debated forever if it was good. But according to my eyes, it was no good. But I'm not the referee. So, in that particular case, uh, I'm sure the defensive back playing against Antonio Holmes did the best he possibly could. But that was a great throw and a great catch uh, by two very good players on that field.
3: Yeah, definitely. Time for us to take a break. You're listening to Kid Stars Junior Broadcasters right here. We'll be back with more from NFL alum Ray Ellis after the break.
2: Uh, Try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. You'll find out when you tune in to the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here, and because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids.
0: Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host?
2: You're tuned in to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now, back into the action.
3: Welcome back to Scottsdale Fashion Center. We're bringing you a special show here today on the Kidstar Radio Network. We are live from the Microsoft Store in Scottsdale, Arizona. We'll be here once a month, mostly on Saturdays. We can also be heard on voiceamericakids.com. I'm Fabian, and joining me today are Caleb, McKenzie, and Sam, and right now joining us is Ray Ellis, who is a member of the Dog Pound, 1986 Cleveland Indians, as well as the Browns. Eagles, and the er- I mean, Cleveland Browns, sorry, wrong sport. Uh, and That's okay,
5: I wanted to be a baseball player, I just <laughs> wasn't good enough.
3: <laughs> yes, and also you played for the Eagles in the early 80s. Yes. Uh, you're also a very proud Ohio State alum, which brings me to my next question. How do you feel about Urban Meyer coming in now, first-year head coach, Despite the sanctions, he's definitely attentive. You've seen the ESPN. How do you? Th- What's your opinion of him?
5: Well, first, I just want to give uh, pay respects and and homage to uh, you know Coach Tressel. You know he did he did an outstanding job. You know sometimes boys will be boys, and and that's what these are. these are young men who uh, perhaps maybe made some mistakes that that cost a, a good coach you know his his coaching career at, at the Ohio State University, but. But uh, to have Coach Meyer come in, you know, he's from the fraternity, too. He's he's a member of the state of Ohio, and, and so he's born and, and raised in, in that area and, and has been through the program. So there's a challenge for him. I mean, he's coming in. It's not like we had a bad-performing coach or program. He's inheriting a, a, a team with a great reputation in terms of their ability to play football and uh, certainly the expectations for him. Uh, it's like, it's national championship robust. I mean, that's really what you expect. You you know, just to come in and be me, mediocre, that's not going to work it. You know, we, we're expecting him to win championships.
1: And you played at the Ohio State and there were very many good coaches there when you were a football player there, including Nick Saban and Pete Carroll. How much effect did they have on your playing
5: well there there's no doubt about it. Those two men uh, along with Coach Hayes, you know, probably and Coach Hayes meaning Coach Woody Hayes were probably the most intense men that I've ever been around in my entire life. Uh they expect their expectations was, you know, per, near perfection because nobody could be perfect, but they wanted near perfection and they would not settle for anything less than that and they drove you Uh, To exceed your own expectations and I think that's what a coach can do I think a a great coach has the ability to take you to the highest level of performance that you think you Can achieve and then move you beyond that and that's when you hear guys say they play over their head Those coaches are able to get a performance out of you that you never thought you could achieve and uh, and and when they do that uh, The result is usually pretty good
1: now Do you think coaches are harder you on you in college or in the pros? Um, i I definitely
5: think the coaches are are harder on you in college than they are in the pros in uh, the pros is a profession and 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 you're supposed to come in uh, with a great deal of of skill and and also knowledge of the game and if if you don't demonstrate that it's a job you lose your job however in college um, you, you don't use, you don't lose your scholarship you know you're a student athlete and you're there for that experience to get an education. And also to develop your skill set to the next level. So they're still trying to work on your skill set, and so they're, they're driving you to get as close as you can to perfection. at, at the pros, you're a paid professional, so you're supposed to be the best
4: And you know, coming out of that tunnel for like college football or NFL, like what, what do you think like the difference is? I mean, even though it's a different level for both leagues? like how what's the difference between like playing for Ohio State and Cleveland Philadelphia
5: Well you know the the interesting part part about that is it's it's so close I mean it it truly is because of the fact that there are guys that are playing on those teams that will be drafted you know in the NFL in the first round I mean they're they're the best players in the game and and they're just a couple games by the time you get to the last game of the season there's a couple guys that are only one game away from being a professional athlete and and you take the field each week and you're playing against other people that again have people that are just you know one or two or or you know eight games away from being a a pro ball player and I think this year in the NFL they're expecting to have maybe four uh, rookie quarterbacks that are gonna start that means that their their last football game they played in they were college ball players And and now they're going to be starting NFL quarterbacks. So that just tells you the level of competition is not that much difference with the exception of when you are in the National Football League, every player is very good. And some of them are great. And and college football, I can't use the term great because they haven't gotten to the next level yet, but they're on their way to becoming great.
3: Just a reminder, I'm Fabian, and joining us today are Kayla, McKenzie, and Sam. Joining us right now is former Cleveland Browns 1986 Dog pound member Ray Ellis. You are listening to us on KidStar.org and VoiceAmericaKids.com. So, Ray, going from college football, let's go over to the NFL, the pro game. The season's about to start, and let's get it started quickly. Who's your Super Bowl pick?
5: Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I I think I've got probably, my answer is going to be no different than anybody else's who, who knows a little bit about football, and that is I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's so hard to tell. There's so many things that factor into, you know, who's going to, you know, make it into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. And and I think the greatest example of that being true is last year with Peyton Manning and, and the fact that prior to the season starting, no, you got to go back to the season before that, when he was playing. Because when the season started last year, Peyton was injured, and because he was injured, that factored into anybody's, um, you know, guess as to if the Colts would make it into the Super Bowl, and what the chances are, you know, based upon what the team was like with Peyton or with the team without Peyton. And without Peyton, they stood no chance, and everybody knew that they stood no chance. So it's it's the injury factor. It really. Boils down to what team can remain healthy throughout the season, and and can have their their starters that they enter into the season with on the field, you know, greater the greatest percentage of games throughout the season. Whoever stays healthy uh, is probably going to win the Super Bowl. But I tell you what, in my mind, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. But certainly in the AFC, Denver stands a better chance of going deeper into the playoffs this year with Peyton Manning than they did last year. I have truly been impressed with what little I've seen of Peyton Manning because I was one of those people because my career ended with a neck injury uh, that I was not happy to see Peyton trying to make a return to the game because I'm fearful for his health.
1: Yeah, exactly. What happens when he takes a big hit and if he just – what happens if he doesn't get up? I mean, the Denver spent so much time and money trying to get him. And what happens if he doesn't have a stellar year like they expected?
5: Well, I, I think in the, pre-season, in the preseason, the games that I've seen, he's, he's looked good. I mean, he's looked really good. Um, I, I don't want to see that happen to him. I, the last thing I ever want to do is to see any player um, on the ground. Uh, but he didn't look good. But, hey, let's to be honest, if I had to pick a team, I don't know any reason why I wouldn't pick the New York Giants. I mean, the New York Giants, to me, is still a very good football team. And they're probably the most disrespected team in the national football league. They, they are the Super Bowl champs. And you hear more about the New York Jets than you do about, you know, the reigning Super Bowl champions. And, and, and that's, the, uh, you know, the New York Giants. And I like Peyton. I like Peyton's little brother. Eli's a damn good quarterback, guys, if I may say. And and I don't know why he doesn't get what he's deserved to get. And that is that when you talk about who's going to win the Super Bowl, hey, you should be talking about the New York Giants and and their leader of that football team, which is Eli Manning. So as much as I like my Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East uh, to come out of that, um, you know, right now, you know, I the Giants are a very good football team and they're the reigning Super Bowl champs.
4: And, you know, going in with Payne Man and Eli Man, they're both great quarterbacks and they're like brothers. But, like, there's going to be, I think there is, they're going to take on each other. It's going to be Denver versus New York. I mean, uh, no, Denver versus, yeah, New York, the New York Giants. And, like, who do you think would win that game?
5: Well, I can tell you this. Um, I, I, I like what the Giants have, but I, I've been watching Denver. You know, and Denver's got a, a good running game. They can spread the ball out. Payton's got some weapons to throw the ball to. You know, last year, I mean, the defense, you know, kept them into the game. That that's why Tim Tebow was able to come in and you know miraculously win you know quite a few games. You know, but I I certainly would think that if they played, that would be a very very competitive game. And and I want to be honest, because of Peyton's competitive spirit, and right now the fact that his little brother has two Super Bowl championship rings and he only has one, I think Peyton would do everything he possibly could to try to win that football game. So if they when they play this year, I think I'm going to pick Eli. <laughs> you guys thought I was going to say Peyton. I want to yeah, pick that, Eli. That
1: is a very uh, valid reasoning. We'd also like to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. We are based here in Arizona, and it's not looking very good for the Cardinals. The big question is who will be the quarterback. Right now it's looking like John Skelton, but honestly it could go to either one of them. My personal pick is John Skelton. Who do you guys think will come out on top?
5: Well, I'm just going to say this. That's not a good problem to have. there is no way in the world that you should be deep into the preseason Uh, practically the preseason is over with and you don't know who your starting quarterback is i mean it's not like it would be a great problem if they had two very good quarterbacks everybody would love to have that as you know a problem to deal with but the problem is they have two quarterbacks that are not very good but that's all they have to work with and and so the coach He honestly doesn't know who's going to be his starter. He's going right down to the wire, and I just don't think that that's a good situation for them to be in. And I want to be honest, to me, it really doesn't make a difference. You know, you could flip a coin, and whichever one you take, neither one of them are very good. But I I tell you, the problem with that is they've got one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League, and Larry Fitzgerald, and he's going to have to suffer because of that.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it seems almost as if the Cardinals really want Cobb to be the starting quarterback due to the fact that they have so much invested in him and they really thought that he would be the starting quarterback.
5: Well, I like the approach that Pete Carroll said. And, and Pete Carroll, when 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 he bought the quarterback in this year, Pete said, hey, you know, the fact that this guy's got guaranteed money doesn't mean he's guaranteed to be my starter. And, you know, for a football team, you've got to do what's best for the football team. And if somebody in the personnel department has made a, a bad mistake and then somebody in the front office is giving somebody a lot of money, the bottom line is the best person should be on the football field at all time at every position. And if if it just so happens that, you know, you've invested some money, put your pride aside and put the best football player on the football field. Give your team a chance to win.
3: All right, we already know your, what your pick is for the Super Bowl. It's very hard to c- call especially in the NFL, especially nowadays there's so much competitiveness. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb on the Super Bowl. That should have happened last year. I think it's going to happen this year. It's Patriots 49ers. What are you guys' picks?
1: Well, right now, I honestly would choose the Green Bay Packers taking on the New England Patriots. I mean, it sounds like a normal pick with two of the best teams, and it sounds like it's just the best teams with really no upsets or anything, but I honestly think both those teams have the ability to get to that big game.
4: Well, you know... Considering New England has a very tough schedule this year after losing the Super Bowl, I kind of want Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers because he's a beast. But I, I'm i probably going to say Green Bay and New England because two best teams in the league mean, coming off of New York's Super Bowl win, I mean, that that was a pretty lucky win. I mean, New England is putting a lot of pressure on that final play almost getting that Hail Mary. It looks like he was almost going to get it. But I think he, I'm going to predict Green Bay and New England. Steelers,
5: Eagles. <laughs> yeah.
3: Patriots well, I, def-
5: go ahead. No, no, I, I agree. You know, you guys are, you know, picking some good teams. It seems consistent that uh, people are, are looking at the Patriots and, uh, you know, the expectations of, uh, of Tom Brady, you know, which we just expect that out of Tom Brady. And, and of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, is uh, – very good quarterback and uh you know perhaps maybe he could do some things uh it's a shame what's happening with the saints and drew Brees won't won't get a chance uh uh, but the 49ers were just a couple plays away from being in the super bowl you guys didn't mention anything about the cowboys and you know of course a lot of people there's a lot of pressure jerry jones has said hey the time for you guys to win is now or he's going to shake that team up and and then the Ravens, you know, the Ravens and the Steelers, they're not going to make it easy for the Patriots, you know. And then the, the Tennessee Titans, I mean, the Texans are, are good. Not the Titans, but but the Texans, they might surprise some people as well. So that's one thing about the National Football League. You never know who's going to be, uh, you know, in that Super Bowl game.
3: All right. Now it's shifting back over to Madden. There's a lot of historical rosters. You are on that 86 Browns roster. What is the one team, historical or current team, that you think – that like you would choose to play against if you were playing Madden. It could be the Forty ers back in Montana's days. It could be today's Tom Brady. Well,
5: you know what's interesting is, you know, when you talk about the Forty er game, you know, one of one of my favorite players of all time is I told you guys, you know, it's what's interesting about these games is uh you would not want to play a game and, and have a position, your position available and not pick yourself in the game. So uh, you know, when I played the game, you know, there are a few people that I that I admired the way they play the game. First of all and foremost, I always pattern my my play uh after the great Jack Tatum and, and God rest his soul, you know, I think even to this day, uh, when they have the opportunity to be physical without uh injuring another player. People think about Jack Tatum as you know a physical individual and uh, and being tough like he was, but Ronnie Lott was one of my all-time favorite players, and and I liked to compete against uh, Ronnie Lott and and of course the Dallas Cowboys. You know you, you play against the Dallas Cowboys and you got great you know a great running back like Tony Dorsett you know, one of the greatest running backs of, of all time. And and then the Chicago Bears, and I, and I played, and actually my career was, uh, let's say, it kind of jump-started on a tackle that I made against one of the greatest running backs of all time, and that's Walter Payton. And if, if you could tackle Walter Payton the way I did, I guess the coach felt that you should be able to, you should get in there and tackle anybody. Uh, but when you, you look at the teams today, I, I do like, when you think about physical pound and ground, but also passing, you know, you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like to compete against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, just a little history, um, when I played for the Cleveland Browns, we, we played the Pittsburgh Steelers in Three River Stadium, and they had never won. The Browns had never beat um, the Steelers in Three River Stadium. And I got a chance, again, as a kid growing up in Canton, Ohio, to go to Three River Stadium and beat them for the first time ever. So, uh, you know, there, there's just some great memories. and But but I would like to play against some of the guys today. You know, you always hear some older players look back on their careers and you think about if they could play today. It, you know, I, he's not as old as I am. I'm not that much older than him. But I look at Barry Sanders. I didn't get a chance to Barry Just as I was coming, I was leaving the game, Barry was coming into the game. There's no doubt in my mind if anybody asked me if I were to take a running back against – you know any running back if i had a choice of any running back Barry Sanders oh my god I, I would take Barry Sanders and of course Barry was promoting the game this morning so uh, a team you know if the Cowboys are supposed to be America's team i want to beat up on the Cowboys whether it was years ago or today so that's that's
3: it that's going to do it special thanks to Microsoft and the Microsoft store in Scottsdale Arizona this is the Kid Star Radio Network we like to thank Ray Ellis for joining us tonight This is the Kid Star Radio Network. We're going to go play some Madden 13. we will be here once a month, mostly on Saturdays, but we can also be heard on voiceamericakids.com. Mackenzie is next with her show, America Today, on voiceamericakids.com and kidstar.org.
2: Thanks again for listening to Speaking of Sports on the Voice America Kids channel. Make sure you come on back next week for another great show.